Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it is, folks. Randy Newberg here. Uh, we're getting ready to do another episode of Leopold's Hunt Talk Radio. And this time, I have two guests, the Parrot Brothers, and one of them, Sam, has been on the podcast in the past. But the reason that I wanted to have them on this podcast and why it's so important to me to feature what they're doing is... They are the example. They are the answer to the question that often gets asked of me. What can I do? Well, everybody can do something. Anybody can do a lot if they put it as their priority, as if they make it their dream, if they make it part of what they're going to do. And when we get done with this discussion with Sam and Josh Soholt, um, you're going to find two guys who are passionate about public land, about access, about hunting. And when you realize what percentage of the gross revenues of their small business they are giving back to access and conservation, it's crazy. I don't know how they're going to stay in business, but they've been in business now for quite a while, so they must somehow have figured it out. But they are making a huge percentage of their annual revenue as donations to nonprofit groups in the hunting space. And I admire the heck out of them because they have said, we care about this, we're passionate about it, we are going to do something about it. And doing something is not getting mad and going on Facebook or going down to the bar or whatever and ranting and raving. These guys and what they've done with their their business uh, is actually doing something. So besides that, they're super good guys, uh, really great hunters. And uh, I want more people to know what they've done with the, this new duck stamp program they started last year with a lot of their, their monies they allocate to RMEF for access to, I mean... We'll get into it. I can. I don't want to spill all the, the fun stuff here in the intro. But I want to thank Leopold for making this episode and all of our episodes of this podcast possible. Go to leopold.com. Check out other optics. And uh, just know that they are supporting hunting, conservation, shooting, uh, access in such a big way. They don't like to talk about it. But I talk about it on their behalf. They, they always tell me, Randy, you don't have to make a big deal about it. It's just part of what we do. These are our customers. This is important to them, and it's important to us. And, yeah, it is. So in addition to making great optics with those gold rings on the end, uh, they are really big supporters of what we do. So loophole.com, go there, check it out. Uh, Onash Maps, uh, our guests here have done a bunch of projects with Onax Maps. You've heard me talk about Onax. Uh, I don't go hunting without my Onax loaded on my phone. So go to onaxmaps.com, use promo code Randy, and save 20% on the purchase of any of their app products, any of them. And thank them also for the work that they're doing for Access, because pretty soon in the next year, I'm going to have a couple Access projects to talk about that they've done that I've helped with that have me really excited. Uh, the folks at OnX are, they're all in on Access. So they're supporting us. Hope you'll support them. Use promo code Randy when you check out. 
And then we have GoHunt.com and their insider service. Uh, we talk about it a lot this time of year because the first step to going hunting is getting a tag. And the best resource I have at my fingertips is GoHunt's insider service. That database I can manipulate in so many different ways to find this, to find that. It saves me so much time. And I know it's complete. I know everything is there. It's just right at the keyboard. And then you add, well, the best draw odds, uh, review and overview of every unit of all these Western states, not just for limited entry tags, but over-the-counter hunts, antlerless tags, uh, strategy articles by Brady and Trail. The, tr the strategy articles are excellent. I read them start to finish when they come out. Um, just a service that helps us when we need to draw tags or we feel that, all right, we can get more value out of the points that we've been paying for over all these years, we rely on uh, Go Hunts Insider. And as part of that, there's two ways you can benefit from it. If you use promo code Randy when you check out, they're going to give you $50 of credit in their gear shop. And it is a serious gear shop. This isn't some run-of-the-mill average gear. This is true, tried, tested backcountry gear. And they're going to give you $50 of credit towards any of that gear. And then for all of you who have signed up using promo code Randy from July 1 of 2019, and we're running it until June 30 of 2020, every one of you who use promo code Randy for the insider service at Go Hunt, your name goes in the hat. Only once. No, you can't stack the deck. It's just everybody gets one chance. Uh, your name goes in the hat for a Wyoming commissioner's tag that we're getting. And uh, the folks at Go Hunt will handle all of it. And sometime in early July of 2020, we're going to announce who that winner is. And they're going to be able to go and redeem that Wyoming commissioner's tag for any hunt code of deer, elk, or antelope in Wyoming. So how cool is that? I hope one of you, well, I know one of you are going to win. I just, uh, it's just neat to think that someone's going to get a quality hunt for just signing up. And, uh, oh, also, little note, I'm going to start talking about this a bit more. Uh, if you use the, the promo code Randy in their gear shop when you check out, not with the $50 credit they give you, but in future transactions, uh, Go to their gear shop. They have a lot of the gear that I use. Mystery Ranch, Gerber, Leupold, uh, gosh, Caribou Game Bags. The list goes on and on and on. A lot of the stuff we use, they carry. And if you go to their gear shop and check out with promo code Randy, you'll save 10%. Yeah, 10%. <laughs> How's that? Anyhow, uh... I need to quit rambling here. When I click the button, uh, we're going to go on to this really cool conversation about access, uh, how to be an advocate, how to make a difference, and how to express your passion, maybe in a business model that you've always thought of, and maybe this will give you the incentive to go do it. So thanks for being here, folks. All right, folks. I told you that I have two of the most accomplished hunters, Two of the coolest guys and guys who have more creative ideas than, well, than anybody I know. So that's why I have the Soul Holt crew, the, 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 the public land van now, it used to be the public land school bus. Uh, Sam and Josh are here with me and we're going to talk duck stamps. We're going to talk 
public land t-shirts. We're going to talk access projects that they've been contributing to and working on. Or who knows what else we're going to talk about. We'll probably get into some stuff. Yeah. Where do you guys want to start? But let's start with the news. Yeah. Like Josh being here. Yeah, I think we should start with that. Sam, you've been on the podcast twice. I have. Once in your school bus in my yard. Yep. And then one other time, didn't we? Yeah, uh, Warb and I did... Uh, Aaron Warburton and I oh, did the podcast. Oh, yeah, we did the one about, right yeah, about Hunters Connect yeah. and uh, all yeah. the the stuff we're doing to hopefully provide information that lowers the hurdles for new hunters. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah, dang you. He, <clears throat> editor's note. No, not an editor's note. Sam got ripped because he called it a Canadian goose. I said Canadian goose instead, instead of Canada, Canada goose. goose. It's like, guess what, folks? They all knew what you, I was talking about. You, exactly. <laughs> In fact, the people who made the comment probably had never shot a goose. It's entirely possible. And you guys have shot them by the truckloads. Shot a couple over couple. the years. <laughs> we have. <laughs> shot yeah. a couple geese, yeah. I mean, you guys yeah, grew up fun. in South Dakota, right? We, we did. did. Yeah. I, yep. I mean, can you live in South Dakota? Isn't there some place in South Dakota that has a, a rare goose of some sort? Like, it's a something lake goose or uh, No. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, 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 not that I know of, I guess. Quill Lake sure. or something. Oh, yeah, but that's up in, that's Canada. Oh, Quill Lake. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. all right. got my geography yeah. messed up. And <laughs> you guys are looking at me like, I don't know. That would yes. be a goose of the Canadian variety. Is it? Okay. <laughs> yes. And uh, then one of my CPA clients from South Dakota said that they used to have a big goose contest that uh, they'd weigh them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I wonder if that was in Pierre. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the nicest ones come off the golf courses. <laughs> City parks. Yeah. 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 Hi, biggest, highly adapted to the cashew diet. Yeah, biggest That's right. piece yeah. I've ever shot of come yeah. off the golf course and cross city yeah. limits. So we're already on a tangent about yeah, oh, I was talking about how someone was nitpicking that you called it Canadian versus Canada. But anyhow. You guys are now doing this together. Instead yeah. Of, yeah. Josh, you used to be behind the scenes, weren't you? You were the instigator and say, Sam, you ought to try this? You know, we were definitely sounding boards for each other, yes, but Sam, definitely the face. I have been working uh, since the creation of the public land tease aspect. I've I've sort of been the background guy kind of uh, working on all the supply chain stuff, uh, creation of the product, shipping, the whole bit, kind of the supporting him. Yeah. 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 So he's out, you know, Getting to hang out with people like you and podcasting and going on hunts all over the world and yeah. living it. And I was, uh, you know, air folding t shirts in my basement. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, gee, that yeah. means. That. But no, but it's honestly, it's been really fun and, and something, uh, you know, the why on this project is so easy. Um, raising all this money and, and getting to plug some things back into the sport that's given us, you know, all of the mental release and enjoyment of life that that comes in it, you know, and to be able to give back in that way is fantastic. But yeah. do you guys was, have your why written down anywhere? Uh, we don't, but we probably head. should. Yeah, I, okay. I guess I've yeah. always thought the why is always easy with public land tees. You know, yeah. it, it, I, it's an easy answer. Yeah. But I've been running as running a pro shop and uh, archery pro shop and hunting store in Fort Collins, Colorado. I still live there. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of occupied. So you've been running it or owned it? Owned it. Ran it, yeah, owner operator. Uh, you know, we didn't sell it. We actually uh, sort of we owned the building, and so we're kind of transitioning okay. that into a property. But uh, took the knowledge we sort of learned from ten years of doing that, and created BowtoonSchool.com, which is a uh, 
archery online archery technician course. So if a guy wants to uh, learn how to be an archery archery technician, uh-huh. com. School Bowtune School. School. Dot com. Dot com. That's there awesome. you go, folks. Yep. You want to learn how to tune a bow. Yep. But it's everything from, yes, my little quip here. No, but, we're, we're, we're yeah. all about good yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you got to right pay on. the bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically what the course is, it's from taking a bow out of a box brand new. If you want to replace the strings on it, completely replacing the strings, taking it from brand new to broadhead tuned, mm-hmm. uh, all the steps, all of the accessory uh, installation and arrow selection in a... 13 module online course. So wow. yeah, cool. kind of a fun, but that's, that's what we did with, with that pro shop is take the knowledge and turn it into more of a digital platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that allowed me to go kind of full transition into um, supporting Sam a little more and then being able to do some adventures together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And because is, I'm his brother uh, for Botoon school, I get to give all of my followers a discount code. So, Oh really? What's that use, promo code? It, the promo code is Sam 10. You get ten percent off the uh, whole course. Really? Yeah. Don't try Randy. Don't try that. Don't try Randy code no, out there. No, but if you put Randy you out there, yeah, give them the Sam Ten deal. <laughs> okay. Right. I'll track it. We'll figure that. No, out. No, no, no. Just, yeah, just <laughs> Sam's here drinking some sort of cheap beer, man. Yeah. I, I, oh no, he hijacked yeah. it from somewhere. I did. Well, Tyler left it here. So, oh well, you know, there you go. Yeah. I, it's not cheap beer. No. <laughs> so I, I'd hate to see him run out of gas, you know, on his next right. hunting trip or something. That's I'd why worried was... about him when he's driving that school bus. They, got, they measured it in what gallons per mile instead of miles per gallon. Yeah, I think it was. You had to measure it in smiles per gallon because otherwise <laughs> he just got frustrated. <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> uh, well, I'll hear. Humor aside, um, Josh, I'm really glad you're helping them because you guys have been doing tons of great work. Um, the access stuff and, uh, you know, the duck stamp thing this year. I, I don't know if my audience followed your whole duck stamp yeah. program. When you came out with it, you, you did a little post like, I got something that's, I hope people find interesting and exciting. I'm like, wow. Anyone who comes up with the idea of converting a Bluebird school bus into a public land van, this is going to be pretty good. Whatever is next <laughs> is going to be pretty good. So I was watching, and I'll let you guys talk about what it was and how it came up with that bus. Yeah, so the Stamp It Forward initiative uh, started basically from a long time ago from our love of waterfowling. Grew up doing it, you know, um, always had to buy a duck stamp every year to go duck hunting. But really, the purpose behind it was to reach a much broader audience beyond the waterfowlers. Mm-hmm. Because every person that duck hunts or goose hunts know they have to go and buy a federal duck stamp. Um, they may not know where those funds go, but they know that they have to do it to be legal. So our goal with the project was to, to break it down into a few things. So the, the, the main goal was to see how many duck stamps we could purchase and it was a way to keep track of how many dollars then we could raise for conservation. Mm-hmm. And uh, for anybody listening that doesn't know about the federal duck stamp, it's $25, but by law, 98% of that money has to go directly towards either purchasing wetlands uh, or opening easements to wetlands and increasing the size of wildlife refuges. It's the only re- reason the wildlife refuge system exists right. was, is because of federal duck stamp dollars. Um, but it's, it's basically a way to directly funnel money to the ground and increase habitat. And then not only does it help migratory bird species, but on top oh. of that, you know, I think some, like there was a documentary about it and it, it helps 700 different species of yeah. bird, animal, whatever. Yep. Um, 
yeah, so it's a pretty cool, I mean, it's one of the best conservation tools that the country has. Um, you know, Pittman Robertson and the duck stamp, um, both are, you know, right at the top of the list as far as money raised through the history of people going hunting. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we wanted to see collectively, um, with the help of, you know, not only us investing money, um, but I just put a call to action to anybody who followed me that if they wanted to make basically a direct donation to conservation without funneling it through any other avenue, I just asked them to send me money directly and then I would go out and buy duck stamps. So on top of that, uh, companies got interested and we bought the initial 100 and then we had five companies jump on board, um, Vortex, Gerber, Tethered, Savage Rifles, and... um, I'm going to blank on one boss shot shells. Mm. And so all of them each pitched in a hundred additional stamps. And then just from people sending me money through PayPal or Venmo, we were able to raise $25,000 for the, for the duck stamp project. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a thousand duck stamps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was over a little over a thousand. Yep. Uh, that, it, that one blew me away. I, you know, gotta be honest. Yeah, it was, Shocking! Yeah, I uh, I called yeah, awesome. them. I called them with the idea, <laughs> and I went. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't, yeah, didn't really get to stand up and shout. No, response. Well, no, I did. I mean, we're four years apart. Yep. and I'm older. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot happened in that four years, as far as like what people will just do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm thinking, you're going to ask people just send you twenty five bucks, and you're. <laughs> They're just trusting you to go buy duck stamps. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, because I look at that and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? But I was like, no, I, I think we got something here. All right, man. I, I'm going to trust you on this one. Yeah. And then, and then it just, it just went. Yeah. Which was beautiful. I mean, it's very no, cool. It was really yeah. fun. We, to I, did, I did get some crap for it, though. Why? Initially. From what? So. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that don't know that you can buy a duck stamp online any time of day or night, wherever yeah. you live, doesn't matter. Yeah. You can purchase. There's some people here who didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I'm raising my so, hand. Yeah. So a few years ago now, they, they added the e-stamp. And so what it is, mm-hmm. you do get a physical stamp eventually, but you can go online, you can purchase a duck stamp, and then as long as you have that screenshot on your phone or print it out, as long as you have the copy of the receipt, yeah. Um, from that federal licensing agent online, uh, it's good for 45 days. And then they'll mail you your duck stamp to whatever address you put in, and then you can get your duck stamp and sign it, and then you're still good to go. Yeah. Um, do you still have to sign it? Yep. Because do. I don't want to rat anybody out, but they just handed me mine this year. They didn't make me sign it. Really? Yeah. I've yeah. got an unsigned duck stamp. Well, you better sign that if you're going to go. I haven't <laughs> went duck hunting yet. I buy it every year. Yeah. But now it's sitting in my, I have this little pouch, this mystery ranch pouch. It goes in my pack, all my licenses, tags, hunter ed, bow hunter ed, anything that might keep me from getting in trouble is in that pouch. (laughs) And there's an unsigned duck stamp Mm -hmm. in there. So you're saying that if I go out duck hunting this year, which it's what? January. It's oh, January. January. So your yeah. 19 stamp is good until March, whatever okay. it is. Yeah, it's March the of me getting out duck hunting between now and when that stamp, well, seasons are closed most everywhere yeah. I hang out. So, yeah. Hmm. Are <laughs> yeah. they supposed to let you leave without signing it? Because every other year they've said, you got to sign that. Okay. So, 
I sign it right in front of them. Yeah, typically, like if you go in and buy one from the store, they make it usually yeah. tell you to sign it. But yeah. um, no, so I got crap for it because when we bought the original hundred stamps, I basically recorded myself on my Instagram stories going to the bank, pulling out twenty five hundred bucks, and then I was in the Fargo area uh, and I was driving around. And just, I would go to the post office because you can buy them at the post office because right. most sporting goods stores don't even carry them anymore. They, they just sell you an e-stamp and then they mail it to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was buying the entire stock that some of the post offices had. <laughs> so like one post office would have seven and then the next would have 30 and then the next would have 12. And I didn't think I had to go to six different post offices to get to a hundred, but it made oh, for no. a cool little story, like yeah. kind of building up this whole project. Um, but yeah, people were people got mad at me because they thought I was possibly taking away an opportunity for someone who hadn't bought their duck stamp yet and went oh. in, you know, and last So they minute. were like me thinking you'd met, they, they didn't know that you could do this online. Yeah. And, and if you do do it online and you have that you've paid for it and haven't received it yet, there is a time period in which you don't have to have the physical copy on you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you just, so it's five or seven days or something like that. No, okay. it could be 45 days. Oh, it's 45. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So it's basically yeah. the entire duck season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, but, uh, I'm going to track that one up to lack of knowledge. Yeah. Now I, I feel pretty smart now. <laughs> yeah. Next time someone says, I got to go buy my ducks. I'm going to say, oh, you can buy that online. Yeah. Yeah. Come That's on, right. man. Give it the program. Yeah. Here. Get with it. Hang out it's with the boys. But yeah, so the, but the response <laughs> to it was, was overwhelming. Um, and then in addition to that, we were able to actually, I mean, not quite double the money, but we were able to basically roll the stamps that we purchased into an additional fundraiser because $5 from every item we sell on our website goes back to conservation. Mm-hmm. So after we had bought like three or 400 duck stamps, we then started giving them away with our orders. And so people could get online, order a couple items, a couple duck stamps would show up and they could either keep them and use them or give them to buddies or give them, you know, and, wow. and talk about And we had some really cool stories come in from that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think one of my, a couple of my favorite ones were people that, uh, you know, they knew people that weren't into hunting, but were into birding. Yeah. And they just handed them the stamp and said, this is what this is. And you don't have to hunt to buy one, but you, I know you enjoy seeing birds mm-hmm. and helping birds. And this is one of the most direct ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of having a little bit of breakthrough into the non-hunting space mm-hmm. as well, which I think anytime we can do that yeah, as really hunters cool. in a positive light, obviously it's great. Yeah. But, yeah. Huh. <laughs> so yeah, that, so, that one was a good. Thousand duck stamps. A thousand. Yeah. Where did you find a thousand duck stamps? So after after the first hundred, you can just go on USPS.com and order them by like you could order a thousand if you wanted. Oh. Okay. Um, and so we were ordering a hundred or two hundred at a time after that as money was coming in from people okay. donating. Uh, and Josh, didn't they send you some regular yeah. stamps in one of those? Yeah, orders? there was a I, I, I was the other night at dinner. I was overhearing this discussion. Yeah. I didn't catch it all. Though. Yeah, in the heat of this, I mean, and and it was kind of turning and burning, and we were trying to get all this stuff out as well. Uh, they messed up. It must have been Friday night or something when they were packing the box, but they put in. <laughs> 900 forever stamps instead of 200 duck stamps. <laughs> and so I get this little envelope bag and I open it and I just look in it and it's 900 forever stamps. I mean, the math doesn't even work on that. Right. You know, yeah. I could no way, you know. And so then, so, so then you're faced with this like, okay, how do we now rectify this? 
you know, will will because Josh lives in Colorado where they do not sell duck stamps anywhere. No, it's it's only online because we're totally online. Uh, oh wow! I mean, you, yeah. I went. I drove around Fort Collins and tried to find duck stamps, and there was seven in town. <laughs> At post offices. Yeah. Yes. Uh, total. So oh, no. yeah. So I actually had to go out uh, and buy. 130 <laughs> while I was in Bozeman because they do still sell them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then he overnighted them to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then in the meantime, we did the full yeah. return process yeah. with USPS. And, and surprisingly, that was incredibly smooth. It was, yeah. Uh, but they've it was, got the returns figured out. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 return, <laughs> the return of the fix was done amazingly <laughs> yeah. well because we were worried that like, well, now are they going to think we're trying to some right. crazy scam or something or how yeah. big of a process is this going to be? But actually, no, it was very... Yeah, straightforward. So I was because oh I called a couple different times, like to let, like talk to customer service and let them know what had happened. And both of us had the same reaction from people working, like that we talked to, like they're like, "What had happened?" I was like, "Well, I bought five thousand dollars worth of duck stamps, and we got four hundred and fifty dollars worth of for- forever stamps." <laughs> and, and the one guy I talked to, he's like, "Wait, what did you just say?" As I told him again, and he goes. Oh yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> like, yeah, and the gal at the post office in Fort Collins, she goes, "Ooh, she goes, that's not even close." <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh. So, for all of any of you listening that ordered a shirt from us and it may have been a little bit delayed in, in later October, uh, that's why we were scrambling. So they can buy a shirt where at. Uh, yeah, publiclandtees.com. Yep, that's so, spell that. So is it T E S or T E E S? Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. Publiclandtees. T E E S. dot right. com. No, like we're not T E A S. No. Uh, no. no. I, we're I not better just shut tea. up, or people yeah. <laughs> start thinking that's what. Yep. All yeah. right. Publiclandtees.com. Mm-hmm. All kinds of cool stuff: stickers, shirts, and five dollars of most of your purchases goes to conservation. Yep. Five dollars from every item we sell. Wow. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yep. Yep. Because I saw you also, I, I pay attention to this stuff, Sam. Mm-hmm. I, I, was I, like watch, I was watching the Falls Creek video yep. for RMEF, and you did the video. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I found out you guys made a donation to that project also. We did. So it's not just waterfowl. No. 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 You guys are doing whatever, wherever. Yeah. yeah. We spread it pretty evenly. Yep. Or try to. I think uh, land access and uh, and all of that is a, a, another huge hot button for us. I mean, that's a yeah. big motivator. Yeah. yeah, those types like, of projects we are very excited about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, in addition to just you know protecting the public lands that we have, uh, you know, one of the largest barriers to entry for people getting into hunting is not having a place to go hunt. So, the more that we can do to ensure that there's more acres for more people to go spend time on, the better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Falls Creek project, we donated $5,000 to Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, saved up through the course of about, oh, it's like tw- about a year that we saved up mm-hmm. kind of through our donation fund that we have in the, in the bank and uh, made the donation at Total Archer Challenge out in Big Sky. Um, and then I actually got to go out and hunt. So uh, RMEF purchased a property that opened up. Uh, 26,000 acres of public. And so in late October for opening weekend, I got to go out and hike through the easement and go hunt the National Forest and spend time in Falls Creek, which is absolutely beautiful. And an amazing piece. Yeah, it is. It's just, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Um, 
you know, we got snowed on like 18 inches. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I think everybody on the horse trains was looking at us like we were crazy because yeah. we were hiking in. But yeah. um, no, we had, it was a it was a great trip. And because it's they turned that project around to get it open before the general rifle opener mm -hmm. in late October. So you probably had a lot of company. Yeah. Yeah, we did. It was, uh, it was, it was honestly less busy in there than I had anticipated. Mm -hmm. But there was definitely, you know, a few crews rolling in. Yeah. So RMEF, this is kind of how their model is. I don't want to say evolving, but it's easier for them to go buy 600 acres like they did at Falls Creek that opens up 26,000 acres, mm -hmm. then to go try buy 26,000 acres and turn that over to the federal agency mm -hmm. or the state agency and open it up. It's just a way better leverage of their money, way more efficient, and, and they're... And they're a better really, opportunity for the end user. Yeah. 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 I mean, the land's already there. It's just, right. let's get access to yeah. it. Yeah. A buddy of mine described it, it's just like buying a door. And so, you know, doors closed and you, whatever, buy the lock or buy the key, you know, and mm -hmm. you open that door and then everybody can use it. Yeah, because they did another one called the Red Hill Project. They bought 40 acres mm -hmm. and it opened up access to 23,000 acres. And you, you look at that and 23,000 acres or 26 or even if it was only 4,000 acres, it's a huge, huge mm -hmm. leverage of, of yeah. the money that they're spending. And now we get to go get access to quote-unquote, our public land. That's, that's right. right. We're, yep. we're there all the time. It's, it's just no one had that key, as using your analogy of the key to the to the door, lock mm -hmm. on the door. Well, thanks for doing that. Yeah, Gee. I was happy but, to hey, do it. How do yeah. you guys yeah. keep the doors open? You're giving all your money away. Well, well, we just cool. hustle hard. <laughs> <laughs> you live in a van. Yeah, you yeah, live in a van. Yeah. So, yeah, Downsize. This is the first time I've ever had a podcast with two guys living in a van. Yeah. So, you're, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the public land school bus mm -hmm. that you had before, Sam, uh, probably wasn't the most efficient thing to drive around the country and promote public lands. And no, it's uh, it was certainly not efficient. But it was um, that you know, as as you know, that wasn't the point of it. Yeah, the point of it was to have basically the largest possible vehicle that I could legally drive um, to use as a billboard for yeah. supporting public lands. Yeah. Um, and now that that's been happening for roughly three years, uh, mm -hmm. it's nice to downsize into something that you can. Drive the speed limit. There's air conditioning. There's heat. <laughs> there's cruise control. Um, you can pull into a normal parking spot, uh -huh. yeah. and it has four wheel drive. Yep. Get a little further down the road on yeah. each tank of gas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because right now we're all in Arizona mm -hmm. hunting rabbits and quail and deer and javelina and everything. You guys don't have javelina tags, out, do you? We didn't. We sure got into them. Yeah, we yeah, should have. Yeah, but, you uh, guys don't have the tags, so the first yep. day you guys are tripping over them. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then but we did. We did send in. Right. You sent my crew there uh, to go find them Michael where we and found Dale them, and went there and they doubled up today. They sure thanks did. to yep. you guys. Yeah. Hey. Happy to help. That was yeah, that well, was great. Send them the bill. <laughs> <laughs> we we were uh, when we were driving back from hunting this morning. Uh, we went out and shot some jackrabbits this morning, and then we were driving back. Didn't have service, and we knew that. Michael and Dale were going to be going in today, and we were talking about it, hoping that you know they had had some luck or found them or whatever. Uh -huh. And then we hit service, and I got a picture from Michael, and it was his javelina, you know, propped uh -huh. up on a rock or whatever. And so yeah. that was, we were both just super jacked for him. Yeah. Well, thanks for helping him out like that. I didn't get the picture though. Oh, shows where I right. I, 
I must just... I'll text it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Michael, <laughs> Sam sent me a picture of your javelina. <laughs> Gee, thanks. I really feel like I'm in the loop here. But anyhow, the van. The yeah. van. You guys are here in the van. We are. We're going to, yeah, just kind of the start of the van project is happening now. Okay, so because the the bus projects, when Sam was on my podcast, he blamed all of that on you. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, argument. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have a huge uh, tendency to get myself into projects that are, you know, uh, maybe larger than they should be. Mm-hmm. But Sam took this one off my hands for me, so that was nice. Oh, okay. Uh, I just uh, maybe help seed. You just planted that the seed. Particular, uh, and I was the only one endeavor. dumb enough to go buy a school bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You realize so, in some parts of the world, the Bluebird school bus is in high demand as a camper. Oh, I know. Okay. I know. I yeah. Mean, my own. Especially from where you grew up. Oh, yeah. Northern Minnesota, it's a hot commodity. And I mean, the van's, uh, I'm sorry, the bus not, isn't really going anywhere. We're still going to be use a lot, utilizing that a bit. Yeah. Uh, Honest, there are hunts and certain things with that that are, it's really dang comfortable to, once you're there, Yeah, it's fantastic. I yeah. mean, just. Yeah, but, it's pretty great. You know I mean? Yeah. Queen bed in the back, double sets of bunk beds, the awning with the wood stove and mm-hmm. table set up and, uh, you know, plug into the campground and make coffee and whatever you want. And yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, it just has a certain amount of, as what did Jeff, Uncle Jeff call it? Ambiance. Ambiance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a, we have kind of a brother's trip at Sam and I, and then and then my dad and, and our uncle Jeff, his brother, uh, that we've done now for a couple of years, and that's kind of been base camp, and it's mm-hmm. just been a you know, a couple of just really great, really special weeks. Yeah. As family and and guys together out doing a project together, it's uh, it's been a very cool base camp. Yeah. But yeah, we're still going to use the bus for events. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's just a really cool like talking piece for mm-hmm. people to oh, come yeah. up and kind of try to figure out what the what what the yeah, hell we're doing with yeah, it. What's yeah. this? Um, and so we'll use it at all the total archery challenges and and different stuff, and probably use it on you know a hunt or two or three a year. Um, but yeah, the van is that's the that's the next that's project. The next so you can t- Josh is uh, like I did the. The majority of the build out on the bus, but I'm super happy to have Josh on t- like fully on board for the van because I can't take on another project like that alone. And he's super mechanically sound and good at like you know piecing stuff together like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, full full rip out of the interior, and we're gonna do a full refit. I am uh, right on the edge of giddy with how many little cupboards and slide outs and stuff that I get to pack <laughs> into this little space and make it just like, you uh, know, uh, rustically chic and beautiful and just fun to use. Mm-hmm, I'm, uh-huh. I could not be more pumped. What I, kind of I chassis does gonna, it sit on? A three-quarter ton? Or? It's yep. a yep, okay. 3,500, uh, so I guess one ton. Oh, oh one yeah, one ton. Oh, yeah. One ton. And then it's uh, oh, wow. an extended wheelbase. Extended, so yeah, the 15 passenger mm-hmm. essentially would be so... And four-wheel drive. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Quigley 4x4 put the 4x4 conversion on it and put a three-inch lift on it. And so, I mean, it's a beast. (laughs) I ripped that thing through river today. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You can can run that thing out. It is is capable. Um, So it's going to be branded as the public land van? Yeah, public land van. So. And I think we're going to, we were talking about painting it. I think we're going to wrap it 
but it'll be kind of similar color scheme as the bus kind of yeah. keep that, you know, yep. our brand like that cream and, and green color. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of doing a muscle build on the exterior with the racks and bumpers and lights and, you know, it's, it's going to look um, capable and I think pretty mean and it's going to get us into a lot of places that you, you don't take the bus. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, that, and sure. that's part of it too, accessing these different adventures that become easier with something like that uh, rather than rolling the old, kid carrier down the yeah. dirt road. <laughs> you know? You're always one snowstorm from a disaster. <laughs> you try to school bus. <laughs> yep. Well, I, I just think about you fired that thing up when you're out in Montana. I think it was at the Total Archery Challenge. Uh, it needed a tune-up about that time it, it appeared. Uh, was it blowing white smoke? I was blowing lots of smoke. Yeah. No, yeah. that happens. That's a cold <laughs> start. <laughs> yeah, that's just if it, it every time it sits there for a couple of days without starting, yeah. yeah, you're gonna blow you're gonna blow some smoke out of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need to spray mosquitoes there for a minute. Yeah. No. Which is good. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, the creativity of what you guys are doing is uh well. I guess it's not surprising because I know how creative you guys are at other things, but just the way you've put your heart and your 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 time and your effort into something that you're passionate about is remarkable. And hopefully it's an example that other people say, well, yeah, I've been talking about it. I should go do that mm -hmm. instead of just talking about it. Yeah. How, how did you go from talking about it to doing it? Was there a, this aha moment of, well, screw it, I'm like, you know, like, I mean, as far as the bus goes, for me, it was, uh, like, bef previous to the bus, I was basically only doing freelance photography and video. Mm -hmm. And I had set quite a few goals for myself um, within, like, photography space. And I had kind of, I had reached a lot of those goals. And I have a hard time, like, once I've reached certain goals, I have a really hard time just stopping there without, like, I'm always looking for, like, what's the next what's the next avenue or whatever? Like, I know I'm not going to be just a photographer for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was towards the end of the fall of the, that basically after hunting season of 2016, I had come off an awesome year of traveling the world and shooting photos and doing all this really fun stuff. And the idea for the bus had started way before that, but it just kind of, it just the timing of it all seemed right. Um, for me at the time I was 29 and I was like, I turned 30 this year. And I know that's not old at all, but I just had it in my mind. I was like, if I don't pursue this project and at least give it a shot, I know I'm always going to look back and wish that I had just made the leap and, you know, mm -hmm. did the stupid thing and bought a school bus and turned it into a rolling hunting camp and did this whole thing. And I was like, if I do it and I do it for a year and I hate it, well, then at least I did it and I tried it. But right. if I do it and I love it and this thing, you know, it turns into something bigger, well, then you can just kind of use that for, you know, creating more ideas for what to do next. So mm -hmm. it was uh, it was really just like late November. I was just sitting there and just kind of all boiled over. And I think I texted or called Josh first. And I was like, I'm going to buy a bus. <laughs> and then we both started looking on Craigslist. Yeah. And a month later, I had one. Yeah. <laughs> Found that beauty in Fort Lupton, Colorado. <laughs> mm -hmm. The coolest part about that bus is that uh, 20,000 miles before it got decommissioned, and not, people don't probably know, but d buses get decommissioned on age, not oh, okay. condition. Oh, so it's not oh. like the mileage run out. Hmm. Well, this thing, it's, it's got a, it has a cat engine on an Allison transmission, 
and it had been completely overhauled, both the engine and the transmission, 20,000 miles before they decommissioned it. And so it was basically just this right. broken ready in, yeah. ready-to-rock diesel on a little bit older frame. But it was, I mean, really what you're looking for. And then we could, yeah, got it yeah. negotiated down to reasonable, mm-hmm. and uh, away you went. Yeah, uh, the guy. So the guy I bought it from had bought it from the school district, and they were going to rip the engine out, put it one of in a work truck, and turned out their work truck didn't need a new engine, so they were going to sell the bus. And he had it listed for fifty five hundred, I think. Yeah, fifty five hundred. Right. And so I'm a bit of a bargainer, uh-huh. and so I was trying to horse trade like guns and coolers and clothing. <laughs> like any, I was like, "Do you hunt?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." So I just like sent him a list of gear and. And uh, finally, I think I wore him down and nobody else was buying the bus. And he, he was like, all right, I'll take like $5,000 worth of trade in gear or 3,500 cash. And I was like, I'll bring 3,500 cash. I'll be in Colorado <laughs> next week. <laughs> so yeah, rolled down New, Year, New Year's <sighs> Eve, 2016. I uh, drove down and picked up a school bus. Wow. And it's all taken from there. I mean, yeah. is, is the shirt and hat? business i mean it keep you guys busy all the time yeah it, yeah. it does it's steady uh i've this last year has been yeah really great yeah we've gotten a ton of support that first year like you know had just got the bus launched the shirt company basically that same fall mm-hmm. and uh we sold some shirts <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but that, that's about all you can say yeah. uh and then we really kind of buckled down on it a little bit more and kind of got serious about adding designs and, um, you you know, really pushing the message about what we're doing with it behind everything and talking more about how much we're giving back to, um, like from each sale to conservation. It's roughly, uh, I mean, on each sale, it's almost 20% um, of each sale is going back. So that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. You guys aren't going to make much money. You know, we're just going to sell a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a volume thing. Lo- yeah, losing, in, losing a little on each shirt yeah. will make it up with volume. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. There's well, always I, a little bit of a part of this where you, it's because you get to keep living a lifestyle that is yeah. the adventures you want to be on. Right. You know, yeah. like, oh, if you had a million dollars, what would you want to be doing? Well, this week, chasing coos deer in Arizona might be right, right on the top of the list. <laughs> yeah. And I'm here. Yeah, that's you know, a good way to look I'm at already it. Here. Gosh. <laughs> and so, you know, what would I do with all this? Yeah. But, uh, but fantastic stuff that you get to do when you work within this space. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff I, that I people don't know dream about. Who does it? Maybe there are people I just don't encounter them. I don't know anybody who does what the advocacy kind of stuff you guys are doing and that we do. And I, I know anyone who does it because they think they're going to make a financial. No, when, when you fall. don't. Yeah, yeah. You, don't, <laughs> you don't go into it to uh, um, retire early. No. <laughs> yeah. I I know I I certainly don't. I'm in it now, my twelfth year, and uh, I've yet to sign the back of a check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Signed the front of a lot of checks <laughs> in this operation, but maybe someday. But yeah. just the passion of. Of being able to do something that you're, you feel it's important and you feel that is, is making some degree of difference, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, there's there's a reward in that that is really, really hard to measure. And not showing up 
every day feeling like you're at the grind. Yeah. You know, and the, the, it's... Yeah, I, I joke with people a lot that I basically retired right out of college. A non-starter. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, you know, I have yet to have, quote-unquote, a real job. Um, mm-hmm. I've just been bouncing from, you know, basically living the freelance life for the last, well, yeah, almost 12 years now. Yeah. So. People ask me, they say, oh, it must be nice to have retired in your 40s and just hunted. I said, no, I just quit. <laughs> Retire implies I had enough money. Yeah, yeah right. right. Yeah, right. There's a difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was kind of like when you were saying the. Uh, I figured I'd give it a year, and if it didn't work, why? Well, that's kind of. I was at a point in my life too with some health issues and stuff. It's like, hmm, if I don't go do this, yeah, someday I'm going to be sitting on the porch, regretting not at least giving it mm-hmm. the effort. Yeah, and, right? and even if you just take a you know take a swing and you fall on your face. You can look back at it and say, you know what? I took a swing. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think that's important. Oh, well, for me. And a lot of people ask me about, oh, how did you succeed at this business and how did you succeed at that business or whatever? And uh, I tell them, I just never give myself plan B. Yeah. Because if you feel like you've got the safety net of plan B, no matter what it is, I'm sure you guys once a week have these days <laughs> where it's like, oh, why did I get into that? What, mm-hmm. what was I thinking? But yep. if you give yourself a, a soft landing with plan B, you'll never pull off plan A. That's my own personal opinion. Sure. And so when people ask me that, I don't know. I just I never envisioned it not working. And if it, when it wasn't working as well as I thought, well, I just worked a little harder or tried something new and... Yep. and uh, I'm sure the same is there for you guys. There's got to be a lot of hard work mm-hmm. to yeah. to to be able to enjoy what you called the millionaire's lifestyle. Josh. Yeah, it takes yeah. a lot of work to goof off this much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really <laughs> does. You know, yeah, it really does. I, I I hope people don't get the impression that you guys just go around hunt all the time and call yeah, someone. No. Hey, can you ship some t-shirts? Hey, no, someone no, sent me. no yeah. Sam does that. I do the shipping. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, where yeah. are you guys going with the duck stamp idea? Are you just going to leverage it and, uh, and ramp it up even more? Or yeah. you got other ideas? I think that's the next plan is, is to, to grow it again. Yeah. To, to go again and yeah, see so how much we can throw down for the ducks. Yeah. Basically the whole idea, it evolved for a while. Like, I mean, it, it was mostly all up in my head where I, I just like, it was churning and it like, you know, it started as one thing and then it kind of evolved into something else. And then finally what we rolled out was what um, I decided for this year would be the best. But yeah, I think it's really just trying to like, now that people kind of know about it and they know how to talk about it and they know how it all went down, like the, like the sky is the limit on Mm -hmm. how much money we can raise because we just hit a, we, we hit a fraction of the people that are passionate about this stuff. Um, and not, I'm not just talking about duck hunters. Like, I feel like anybody who hunts should just buy a duck stamp. Right. No, I, I mean, it doesn't make sense not to. Yeah. I buy one every year, and this year it looks like I'm not even going to pop a cap at a duck. But mm-hmm. I, for me, it's just uh, whatever age, 16 or 18, you got to start buying duck stamps. Yeah. I just go buy one. That's right. I just... I know it goes to all these good conservation programs and the refuge system where I grew up in Minnesota. We used to hunt right next to a refuge, and the refuge was off limits in, in the, on that refuge. But, boy, there's an awful lot of pour-over effect going on yeah. there. And, and, and it and, creates these sweet areas because yeah. they have a place where they can hang. 
Yep, it, it really does. And uh, it's, look, 25 bucks. I spill that much coffee on the seat of my truck in a month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I, yeah. But as you're talking, my mind's like, you know what? We need to come up with an access stamp. Yes. I agree. We, we need to get some creative guy. Like Ding Darling. Wasn't Ding Darling the guy who designed the first? Yeah. Duck stamp? Yeah. And uh, so I actually just learned this this year through all this, mm-hmm. you know, like t- learning more about the duck stamp myself. Uh-huh. So he was actually a political cartoonist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. he got a lot of heat yeah. from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, when, you know, and then when they came up with the duck stamp concept, he was the one that sat down and did the sketch of the Mallards coming in. And yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty. I've, uh, it's the other cool thing through this whole project is the people I've been able to connect with. Mm-hmm. So one of those people is. Um, a woman named Tony who basically works at the Ding Refuge and uh, like we're been having conversations about the project and what we're going to do next year and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I got a video, we got a video from Scott Storm, this year's Duck Stamp Artist winner. Oh, wow. He sent us a, yeah, that was really basically cool a selfie video talking about the Duck Stamp and why it's important and um, who he was. And um, yeah. so we got to share that. And uh, it's just, Pretty crazy where it, where it all leads us, but um, yeah, we definitely need an access stamp. Yeah, it, let's let's get some creative artist to design an access stamp. Everyone send their twenty five dollars to Sam. Yeah, he'll, he'll <laughs> mail you the stamps, and then right. you guys can use just use it for access. Yep, I like that. That that came He's up in sitting. like the last 30 seconds so yeah. that's a well thought out no that'll be model. good we'll, i think we'll we can roll that 20, out next week 20, uh, yeah <laughs> well no we gotta wait till february yeah that's right yeah we, we got a couple things we gotta finish up <laughs> yeah we got a couple things coming so, in january sorry to throw more on your <laughs> yeah, plate no, no, no. first <laughs> I know. yeah uh, first I'm, we gotta first we gotta launch hoodies that's the next step yep. oh yeah like that public land yeah, meat company one we're yeah. one right now yeah it's a public land meat company usda organic Owned by all, the original field the table. Established what? 1901. Oh, first year pick? of the National Forest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That is true. That yep. was the year that uh, the infamous Theodore Roosevelt. Old Teddies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there it says. <laughs> old Teddies. Oh, yeah. Old Teddies Public Land Meat Co. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't even see that. It was yep. wrinkled up there. I couldn't yeah. read that part. Yeah. Yeah. Because 1901, that was the year McKinley got assassinated. You never pray for the death of a president, but if there was a silver lining to that cloud, it was that yeah. Theodore Roosevelt was the vice president, and mm-hmm. he was a serious hunter. Yep. And he had big ideas. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. Not a slouch, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. Well, what's is where are we going with the duck stamp? Why, 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 I mean, like, how big? Why, how how can people so, help? Yeah. So this year we did twenty five thousand, and I like to shoot big. I would yeah. like to do ten times that in twenty twenty. So I would like to buy ten thousand duck stamps to raise two hundred fifty thousand. All right, folks, you got to help him out here. Yeah. How can they? Where where are they going to be able to help out? So. Gonna have to wait until the 2020 duck stamp comes out, yeah. um, and we're gonna be a hell of a lot more organized than we mm-hmm. were this year. Yeah. Can, can, <laughs> so, we, can we pre-order? Uh, yeah, we could probably figure that out. I think we'll. I think what we'll do um, for 2020 is we will have a link where people can go send the money directly. Because um, this year, basically, I had people pay PayPal me and Venmo me money. Mm-hmm. With like that was it. <laughs> it was, um, and uh-huh. somehow, a lot of dollars came in. 
yeah. do that. So we're going to have it a little easier for people to send money with if they don't have PayPal or Venmo. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I think the the other big chunk of that is just getting more companies involved. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's an easy trigger to pull when yeah. you know it's $2,500 or more um, going directly to uh, basically fund places where the, their customers spend time. Right. You know, you know, a lot of what we've done, I mean, kind of connecting with this water, back to this waterfowl side, I mean, we have sort of been a little more big game oriented yeah. as of late yeah, uh, and kind of getting back into the waterfowl thing again, which is cool, but looking, you know, it'd be fun to get some connections back in that waterfowling space, mm-hmm. you know, that we were insanely passionate about, you know, as younger people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't yeah, so much. any companies listening, yeah, raise your hand, get a hold of Josh and Sam, and say yeah. we're good for twenty five hundred dollars. That's right. That's it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's easy. It's yeah. Easy. That's easy. I'll pledge a whole bunch of them for you when we get offline. Here. Perfect. And I'll, I'll just, uh, uh, yeah. Here, and this person's good for it. This person's good for it. They, they, a lot of them owe me favors. I'm going to be at Chat Show next week. I can tell them, hey. I just just spent twenty five hundred dollars of your marketing budget for you. <laughs> That's, <it>. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> Goodwill tickets. Yeah. yeah. That's it. But no, I, you know, like doing stuff like that. I mean, like definitely want to shoot for the moon on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's what's the next big idea that we can come up with to raise money for, say, the sage grouse initiative? Yeah. Because what's good for sage grouse is good for mule deer. Right. And, you know, like we would love to spend millions of dollars a year on conservation and access. So mm-hmm. that's the, I think that's mm-hmm. the ultimate goal. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's really interesting. Keeping it wild see. and then open it up. Yeah. yeah. To, to see people use their creative minds to figure out Ways I don't know anyone who's ever used the model you guys did last year for funding conservation. Yeah, it's not that I know of, but it's a first <laughs> yeah. so, that yeah. I'm aware of. Yeah, well, we're proud of that. Oh, well, you should be. Yep. <clears throat> well, so with that, where 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 can people help? I mean, send you money, buy shirts. What else? Yeah, I yeah. mean, you guys, yeah. you guys, you guys show up. You're going to be at Pheasant Fest, yep. right? I yep. mean, yep. You guys go to. I see you guys at all these events. Pheasant Fest. We're going to do four total archery challenges this year. Yep. Uh, we're going to be, and then we're uh, with the van. We're actually going to do a few Overland shows. Uh, Overland Expo West. Yep. There's a new one in Loveland, Colorado, and then there's a few van meetups. But yeah, as far as on the hunting side, um, we'll do Pheasant Fest and then the the tax and. And then see where we end Game up from there. Game Fair. Yeah, Minnesota, Minnesota Game, Game Fair. Fair. Game Fair. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? that? I've heard about it. So it's in, uh, it? yeah, it's in Anoka, uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we I had the bus down there last year. And it's uh, super cool event. It's basically dog and waterfowl related. Okay. Um, very, I mean, it's on uh, this huge, this guy's property. And he has it every single year. And. They run <laughs> roughly, I don't know, sixty to seventy thousand people through in over the course of two weekends. <whistles> yeah. So they do two they do a three day weekend and then a split and then another three day weekend. Um, Holy smoke. But yeah, it's it's a blast. And so yeah, so we'll be at Game Fair again this year and um and then online at publiclandtees.com. Yeah. I mean right honestly that's the best way to support yeah. what we do. And that uh, and that will be developed into uh, being a lot easier again to do all of this. Yeah. Support for us through that site. Yeah, uh, and what we're doing, 
Yeah. Will be the I'm main sure hub. you always get the question of how to, of which groups are you helping? Do you yeah. ever get that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so in the last 12 months, obviously the federal government with the duck stamps. Yeah. The um, U.S. All Fish the ref- and Wildlife like, Service. Yeah, U.S. Yeah. Fish and Wildlife Service. Yeah. Um, but so backcountry hunters and anglers, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, National Wild Turkey Federation, Quality Deer Management Association, and Delta Waterfowl. Wow. So far. And so far. Pheasants Forever. Because, well, Pheasants Forever will be this year. Because yeah. all of uh, every... Usually what we do at the events is we kind of specify what the money from that single event will go to. Mm-hmm. And so at Pheasant Fest, the donation portion will go to Pheasants Forever for part of their Build Wildlife Area campaign, okay. which is Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. They go out, and it'll be in Minnesota, but they'll purchase a chunk of private property yeah. and basically remanage the land, plant the correct grasses and stuff to increase habitat, and then they turn it over into a public space. Yeah, for they hunting. give it to state wildlife agency yep. usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they've made a huge, huge difference. Uh, quail and pheasant forever. They've. You look at the the advocacy they've given to just the grassroots mm-hmm. idea of conservation. In I call them disrupted landscapes. I mean, where a lot of agriculture happens, there's still habitat there. Right. How do you find ways to make that habitat useful for some sort of wildlife? whether it's pheasants, whether it's ducks, I, I don't care. I just know that we as a society are putting an awful lot of pressure on landscapes oh, yeah. and we disrupt them to feed everybody or to whatever. And along comes Pheasant Forever, works with landowners and works with state agencies, works with other groups and says, hey, we've found a way that we can uh, do this, do that. We'll help you. We'll leverage some money. And all of a sudden you got pheasants, maybe you got some sharp tail, you got some quail, you got... Whatever. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. another creative way of looking at an age-old problem. That's right. And say, there's got to be a solution to this. Yep. That's and it. And I bet you, bet you those guys, you know, I always say that conservation requires, there, there's three basic pieces to conservation. It's never easy. It's always a lot of work. It's never comfortable. Someone's always mad at you. <laughs> yep. And it's never convenient. Mm-hmm. It always happens uh, when you're, the, the time where you, you just say, ah, of all times, right? <laughs> well, imagine if the guys at Pheasants Forever, when they started that, said, you know, I'm kind of busy today. I think I'll found this organization when I got some room on my calendar. Right. Never happens. Wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the founders of the Elk Foundation would have said, well, I think I'm going to wait a couple of years when I got a little more time here to found the Elk Foundation. Would have never happened. Right. And... So I, I always tell people the, the conservation successes and the, the organizations that have been built and the work that's been done, whether formally or informally, it's got those three factors. Whoever those people are, they're usually unsung, just average folks who had a passion for it, but they didn't care that it was difficult. They didn't care that someone was going to be mad at them and it made them a little uncomfortable. And they just said, you know what? This is a priority for me. I'm not too busy today. Right. Or I am busy today, but I'll fit it in. That's it. And uh, so I, I appreciate it when groups like Pheasants Forever and, and all those groups can, can do that and have you guys supporting them is, 
is helpful. I mean, they need all the support they can get. And a lot of times it isn't just the financial support. It's just the awareness of here's work that these groups are doing. Right. Yeah. And here's some issues that are on the table that yeah. we need to throw money at to fix right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think too often in the hunting world, as much as we want to say we're conservationists, a lot of people still feel like, well, I bought a license. You know, I, I did my part. Mm-hmm. I challenge people, no, you haven't done your part. Maybe that worked 30 years ago, but that isn't working today. Right. And uh, yeah. I'm sure now someone's going to send me an email saying, shut up, Newberg. <laughs> <laughs> tired of you. Get off your soapbox. Just, just be an overachiever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just just uh, don't order that large pizza. Just uh, yeah. go for a walk. Don't order a large pizza. There you $25 go. Of conservation. There you go. Be healthier. That's right. Mm-hmm. Save some ducks. Yeah. Open oh, man. That, you've got it. Yeah. That's the makings of another campaign right there. That's right. That's <laughs> Except that all the pizza companies are going to be against you. I know. They'll be you. mad at me. Yeah. But maybe they'll chip in. Maybe. Uh, yep. One slice a day or something like that. Or... <laughs> Double down for conservation. <laughs> Uh, I wish people could be here listening to you guys talk when we're at lunches and breakfasts and drinking coffee in the morning. You guys are, you, you, you throw more stuff out there than I think you realize that you throw out there as far as ideas and oh. possibilities. And have you ever thought about this? No, no. Hey, are you doing this? No, no, no. And, so <laughs> I, I'm trying to listen to about four different conversations while we're here, but I've yeah. been There's taking some creative notes minds that, in this house. It's been fun to be here. Yeah, it, it is. We we I do two uh, camps every year. Uh, I do my elk camp uh, in Montana mm-hmm. uh, it's with my buddy Bo Beatty, who has the llamas, uh, and then I do this camp and uh, just bring along people who I think have platforms who are going to talk about the amazing opportunities that are available in Arizona. And it's my first time here. This place will grab a hold of you. Yeah. It's, I saw my first mountain lion today. Well, you guys saw a mountain lion? Yeah. I mean, as many years as I've spent staring behind binoculars, all the miles I've done, all of the time out there, I've never seen one. Today was the day. Whoa. I had to come to southern Arizona and go on a hunt, and there's one. Was it far off? Or? No. No. It was uh, fantastic. It ran just, we saw, spot, I spotted it running across the road. I thought it was a deer, obviously, because, mm-hmm. you know, getting to be last light. And then it just, the color was off or whatever, and we were both looking, and I was like, is that a mountain? It is a mountain lion. And then it ran up, basically ran up and kind of looped around this little bush and then just sat down and stared at us and we drove up and had to back up so I could get the camera out and um but yeah it sat there at like 50 wow. yards for I don't know a minute or so yeah Sam got a few pictures and cool yeah I kind of just sat there with my jaw open and it's <laughs> <laughs> like this moment's happening right now I finally finally yeah. checked this box yeah oh, I'm sure wow. dozens and maybe hundreds have seen me but I uh yeah I've yet to to lay eyes on one till tonight but and we also found a mammoth Oh, we found Coos a giant coos buck. Just such a big deer tonight. Uh, I'll show you pictures. I, I took their grainy because I, I shot I, them. From I, I have a tag. I know. Yeah, and I did, I did too. I, it's the cleanest entry to a stock I've had the whole time. Mm-hmm. Down this sandy wash. It was quiet. Perfect lane in. I didn't got, hear this story. Got to where I, I, deer been, was, yeah. I must have been somewhere while you guys were telling this story. I think you were talking to Jimmy. I think you were podcasting. Oh. Yeah, when oh, we got back. I was working. Talking yeah. to Jimmy, you were working. 
but a uh, super clean entry into the whole area showed up on the side hill he was at and they had just moved on so <sighs> yeah blank but uh, it was it was it would have been just ideal because i i ended up with a very clean quiet total view from about 90 yards out and if he would have been somewhere in there it it yeah been cool but he but he was like he's a great big one huh so yeah i'm i mean we're guessing 120 plus like it looked like a big whitetail. Like if, if I was just <laughs> I mean, like on a public ground hunt in Western Nebraska and that whitetail walked past me, I would absolutely shoot it. Yeah. Like he was that, it was just really dang nice. Really? Yeah. Wide, tall, the whole yeah. bit. Holy, you're going back tomorrow, aren't you? I think so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. yeah. If not, I'll buy that, that, that yeah, coordinate yeah. from you. But, but the yeah. grouse? Yeah. No, I'm sorry, the quail? Yeah. I can't get yeah. to say grouse, but yeah, the quail? Right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Just everything. And, yeah. I mean, we've run literally run into everything down here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we rolled in on Thursday. Um, we uh, basically jumped a covey of scalies, mm-hmm. quail, and then we uh, ran into javelina that first night. Saw coos deer and mule deer, but a bunch of coos deer. And then we've seen now mountain lion, javelina, Burns quail, scalies. <laughs> see any uh, gambles quail? Haven't seen any gambles. You, no. you, you guys laid into the antelope jackrabbits today. We I sure did, did hear <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. We got into some antelopes today. Yeah. yeah. That was fun stuff. How would you like that antelope jackrabbit that Hank made tonight? Uh, we will be using that barbacoa recipe uh, uh, for future. Yeah. yeah. Hank terrific. Shaw is here with us. And Hank, yesterday we went out and we we got a few antelope jackrabbits. Not We didn't do as well as you guys did. I, I need to be taking notes here. Uh, but we got enough to feed the crew. Uh, and Hank Shaw, usually, uh, he, when he can, he comes and joins us. And he's got that book. Well, he's got a bunch of them. But I think... This one might come out of his pheasant quail cottontail book, mm-hmm. uh, and it's unbelievable. They're a monster, aren't they? They're, they're, they're so jacks. big. Yeah. <laughs> they're huge. I mean, it's just you hold them up, and it's it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up shooting five this morning. So you got forty pounds of. I mean, it was like I mean, <laughs> equated to like the hind quarter of a deer. Yeah, the five rabbits, like the same oh, mass. Yeah, of, yeah. of bone meat. You know, mm-hmm. we, when I, we put it in the big bowl, it was about like a hind quarter of a whitetail. Yeah. Right. Well, rabbits. they weigh 10 pounds yeah. mm-hmm. before you get them. Yep. But they're, it's mostly meat. There's, yeah, I mean, by the time you take the, the feet off, they don't weigh anything. No. no. And the head and the ears don't weigh much. And no. the guts aren't that much. You still have five or six pounds Yeah. I just, it's incredible. Meat. There's a... a Hair or rabbit that's big enough to have back straps, <laughs> like legitimate back straps. I mean, the back straps on those things are like small tender lines yeah. on a deer. That's the size of them. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal, yeah. but uh, tasted amazing. I just, I never honestly anticipated that I may ever eat a jackrabbit, mm-hmm. but uh, I enjoyed what I ate tonight immensely. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's fun doing this hunt. Uh, Sam, this is your third time? Third year. Third yeah. year down here? Yeah. And uh, it's just, you know, every year we we rotate uh, different people, and uh, it'd be nice if we could have even more people, but the house I rent is so, only sleep so many. You poor guys. We you, brought you, the you van. You guys That's brought great. the van, yeah, so you guys are sleeping in the van out there. Yeah. <clears throat> but part of it is also just the celebration that, 
these are all public lands we're hunting. Mm-hmm. And he can go out to these public lands. And what is here, even as harsh as Arizona might seem to the casual person driving down the interstate, there's a lot here. And I, I guess when I looked at this hunt before I came down to experience it, I kind of thought it would be kind of an arduous task to dig the deer out and find them mm-hmm. and then go out in that approach after that. Nope. It is not. You get a decent <laughs> pair of glass. I, I mean, it's just been stock after stock after stock after stock after stock. I mean, all day long you stock. I wish I was better at it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I am I'm ending this week better than I started. I guarantee you that. Hmm. But, I mean, it's just constant, basic constant action during daylight hours. Mm-hmm. I was I'm blown away by that. I just did not expect to be coming into that situation in a desert environment. Yeah. It's just crazy. Uh, and Randy, mountain I, desert. Yeah. yeah. Randy, I know you've told your listeners a whole bunch of times about why it's such a cool opportunity. But I mean, the fact that like for me, you know, now I'm a back to being a North Dakota resident, mm-hmm. but to get out of the cold for a yeah. week is, is, <laughs> is, Montana, a, is, a, yeah. is a bonus. Um, right. But on top of that, if you're applying for points in Arizona, you have to have a hunting license. Right. So it, it's 160 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. So True. you, yeah. It's, so if small game license, 160 bucks, you have to buy it simply to put in for points. So why not come down and chase? I mean, I didn't even buy a deer tag this time, but I've shot jackrabbits and shot at quail and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, been able to walk around with my brother and the, desert and shoot photos and hang out with an awesome crew um yeah yeah it's something ever i mean i don't know why you wouldn't do it i i i don't either and i you know i that that is what i tell people if you're gonna apply for elk and antelope or bighorn sheep and the arizona strip mule deer tags you're already buying the license you already made the investment come down here and have fun this area down here has got a certain certain feel to it too i mean we pulled in for a couple of days in, in midday. Uh, there's a coffee shop that's kind of just sitting off the road. You throw some cash in the jar and pour yourself a cup and you sit on the deck and you got all of that scenery in front of you and nobody's in a hurry. Yeah. And it's just, the weather's great, the sun's shining, and it's just a feeling. It's It's been just a, it's been a cool experience to be down here feeling that. Yeah. You know, and taking part in it. It's yeah, cool. I, I've, my wife knows that for until they put me in the ground or I'm maybe so infirm that they got to wheel me in a wheelchair, uh, in January, you'll find me in Arizona mm-hmm. with a bow in my hand and a shotgun. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not too far away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, there's some places that just lend themselves to, going out and stretching your legs on the public land and doing something different. For me, it's so far out of my element. Yep. Spot and stocking a coos deer. I've seen a lot of mule deer uh, in, in some areas around here, uh, and I could have put stocks on them. But right now, this is my fourth season doing this, and it's getting borderline personal here with these coos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think about it took me six years to finally kill an elk in Montana. I hunted my butt off for six years. And when I finally killed that elk, it was only a little four by five. You would have swore I shot the world record. I was so excited. Yeah. And I am quite concerned that if I do ever end up arrowing a coos buck 
no one will want to be near me. I'll be the biggest <laughs> braggart, blowhard. I'll be telling that story for three years. I I think most people are like, I hope he never shoots one because he, it's, it's going to mean so much to him that that's all I'm going to hear about. But it's I don't know. I, there's other places that I go to that I kind of feel the the same, um, the, you know, a little bit of like I do here. Like when I go to Antelope, in Wyoming, it's a pretty social experience. Sure. Uh, if you bring, you know, a few guys with you, it can be yep. something like that. Um, I don't know. I just, it's fun. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, a big part of hunting is who you share the times with. And I, I've always felt that way. My family had a, you know, my dad always had deer camp, even though it wasn't a formal camp. It was always his group of people that, every day you know come over to the house and uh, they drink coffee for four hours before they finally got rolling and, uh, <laughs> why, why do you guys get up this early but anyhow it, it was just the social part of it and yeah. then mm -hmm. my dad would make the milk route of going to ferguson's camp and going to carter's camp and going to these people's camp and it was, uh, it's, it's something like this and they all kind of do in montana just brings me back to that and maybe i'm old school or whatever but i i hope people watching or listening start their if they don't have them they start some of their own traditions and i don't care where it is i don't care what species it's mm -hmm. for but carve out some time to just go with someone you care about or a group of people you care about and do it mm -hmm. because you're not going to get those days back that's right it's, and every, it doesn't have to be every hunt you know i mean that's the yeah like just one hunt a year where you have like it's way less about what you like the you know way yeah. less about the hunt way more about just the memories that you make with that group of people yeah i mean and it doesn't have to be that complex yeah i i brought a bow down here because i'm chasing the coos deer but once i finally arrow one if i i'm, I'm hoping <laughs> i can say once once i finally arrow one but there's a really good chance I'll just come down here with my 20 gauge and a mm -hmm. yeah. one box of low base and one box of high base and just walk around and shoot jackrabbits and there you go. quail or mm -hmm. jump shoot some ducks off the ponds here. These, you know, sometimes we come down here and there's every little water tank is full of ducks and then some years you come and it's there's not that many. But I feel like maybe a few more showed up since yeah. we arrived. It's possible. Oh yeah, there's a yeah. few tanks that. Oh good. Yeah, Michael and Dale saw ducks on the pond that we sent them near today, and we and had not we seen a bird on. No, and we saw uh, ducks on that other tank mm -hmm. on the other side. Yep, that's true. I and, flushed uh, one lone green head today. And, he made, right. and when I walked down there and he took off squawking and wailing, I looked up the hill and there's a coos buck walking away. I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> didn't shoot the duck and didn't shoot the buck. <laughs> Nah, it's it's just uh, I I don't know maybe it, maybe it's age maybe it's just I mean you guys grew up in the Dakotas and probably in a smaller town environment than the big city place and I I think you just hunting is that way that you build friendships and that you share experiences that yep. are are the things that that you're you're if not your year, at least parts of your year are 
it's something to look forward to. It's, mm-hmm. it's this excitement of, yeah, man, I can't wait to get out of this damn snow or yeah. whatever. I can't wait. I, it's completely changed your routine. For yeah. A minute. yeah. And it's, yeah. it's just fun to do it. So I don't know. I, uh, as long as you guys will let me keep doing it, I guess I'll probably keep doing it. But, That's right. And uh, you're always welcome. Bring the appreciate bring the that. Well, we appreciate bring that. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we'll probably be back as long as we're welcome. This has been <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and if fun. ever I punt and don't do it, I hope you guys would uh, say, hey, you yeah. know, that Newberg, yeah. he's getting lazy. Uh, we're going anyhow. No. Yeah. So what's the contact on the place down there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you get a wild hair, swing in. Yeah. But what else is, uh, is in coming forward that we've not covered? I don't want to keep you guys away from the crew out there forever, but I want to make sure that the audience knows that you guys are really committed to access and conservation. And, and I mean, I think honestly, just this early in, in the year, um, a lot of our brainstorming and kind of mm-hmm. project ideas start now and yeah. then they're rolled out by summer or fall. Yeah. And, and we will be looking for some, we kind of like to jump behind specific projects yeah. that, that are kind of mm-hmm. close to our priority. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than just kind of, you know, blanketing a certain organization or whatever. So mm-hmm. we're definitely going to be on the hunt for mm-hmm. uh, aligning the things that are coming up and then and then getting behind it. And we'll make sure that people, at least that follow us a little bit, know what's up and what's going on and why we're doing it. And where can they follow you? Uh, so for... Uh, social media stuff for me, either my Instagram, just at Sam Soholt, or our business Instagram, which is at Public Land Tees. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, which will have more content soon, uh, <laughs> which is just look up my name, Sam Soholt. Um, that will be, yeah, a lot of... That'll be a lot of content on A lot there of this year, year will be, yeah. we'll be adding to that immensely. And, yeah. And then I'm Josh underscore Soholt. Yeah, on Instagram. On Instagram. Yep. Um, but yeah, Sam mostly does the... Mostly do the marketing. Mostly do the marketing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mostly yeah. do the some of the other parts. Publiclandtees.com. That's the one. And there's links there to all your other platforms. Yep. Whether it's social yep. media or mm-hmm. whatever. Cool. And then I expect, I sincerely hope that when you shoot that really big coos buck tomorrow, that 120 inch looks like a Nebraska whitetail. He does. That you'll do a t-shirt about him. Yeah, I think we have to. Yeah. But we've already taken the big Hank stuff, so I don't know what you're going to call okay. him. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, it's pretty. He's yeah. such a that's such a pretty deer. Really? Yeah. Sam comes Sam comes over the hill and he just had his. He spotted him first. I was looking the other direction. I was sitting on top of the van actually with a spotter, uh-huh. looking over the hill. So you can clear all the brush. Yeah. yeah. He dropped over the point in the other side, and he just comes up and he's got his hands on both sides of his head, like up like a rack. He's like huge, huge. <laughs> you know. And I'm like, and when he had his arms like that, like out away from his head and up, I'm like, is it a muley? He goes, no, it's goosebuck. And I swung to the other side, and I instantly saw this thing. It was just what? Yeah, like that's not real right now. Yeah, it's not even close to any. Like we've seen some really good deer this week, and it's not even in the same league. No, just, just it's yeah, like it's like a whitetail from Texas just like wandered over. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, I hope that we get to see him firsthand tomorrow. Oh, I do yeah, too. So do we. <laughs> I do too. I need to slow down, slow play it, uh, yeah, slow way yeah. down. That's that's what I have learned this week about these 
I know. these deer. No matter yeah. how slow I go, though, it seems like I'm not going slow enough. Yeah, I'm just I'm hearing these tales around from people who have had some success that they're, you know, four, six, eight hours just poking in on things. And yeah. I'm not doing that. I haven't <laughs> been doing that. So yeah. I, need, I need to... Well, there, there's the old saying, be, beware of an old man in a hurry. I think I'm gray enough to qualify as an old man. So if I'm, if I'm in a hurry, beware. <laughs> I, think, I think the cruise bucks have adopted that one. Oh, here he comes again. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, guys, thanks for all you do. Really, I really appreciate you guys supporting conservation and access the way you do. And I, uh, I don't know if ever I can be of any help other than having you on podcasts. But if ever I can, I, I hope you'd lean on me and let me know. And uh, folks, please go follow him on social media. Go to publiclandtees.com. And uh, I'm sure you're going to find what the next big endeavor is. Yep. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be it's live all, there. It's always kind of true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, I mean, we always got something brewing. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Have a good evening. Thanks yeah. for being Thanks here. Thanks for having us yeah. on. Thank yeah. you, Randy. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care.